Welcome to Grave to Great. I'm your host, Tracy Wood, and this is our weekly podcast where we discuss end-of-life issues, hospice care, and implications for families and their caregivers. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of Grave to Great. I have the honor and privilege of talking with Rachel Erickson. Rachel is a hospice chaplain with Aleo Health, and she's going to talk to our listeners a little bit today about a subject that I think all of the listeners would love to know and, and understand more about. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being with me today. How are you? I am doing really well today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So, Rachel, your experience as a hospice chaplain, when you have families that are in this very emotional state, caregiver breakdown, some have just received devastating news or information, and no matter how much we have been educated, when we're in the middle of caring for a loved one um, during a difficult time and the most important time of our lives, how do you guide families through the end-of-life journey? Well, it's, it is one of the most overwhelming feelings. And I have had people ask me before, like, how do you do this? And I'll tell them, well, you know, it's not happening to me. And so I think it's really important to remember that I can be as educated and experienced as I want. And if it was somebody that I love, you know, who knows what I would be like, you know, in that moment. And so that's one of the reasons that hospice care workers and um, for me, chaplains are really important is um, we're, we go through a lot of experiential training to be able to really put our own thoughts and feelings and expressions aside so that we can be non-anxious presences for our patients and our families so that there is some level of calm that's happening um, in the room, um, even in the midst of, you know, really difficult news or, you know, everybody, you know, having different reactions and we are we are just called and then uh, after called, we are trained to um, be able to remain a non-anxious presence during during those times. And then as we do that, we're able to then um, more easily and effectively offer emotional support to um, to patients and their families. Yes, I, I think that that is one of the things that resonates with me the most is that, you know, our hospice professionals here at Aleo Health and other hospice professionals throughout the country are called to do this work. And, you know, once you have that heart and passion for hospice and serving and helping people, it certainly makes the job so fulfilling, right? And mm-hmm. then you get this um, it, wonderful training and 
and you're able to take those tactics and help patients and families and our community at large because there are times that you are working not just with our patients but serving in our community as well. Can I ask you, Rachel, what do you do to take care of yourself so you can make sure that your cup is not always overflowing, that you have capacity to support the patients and the families? One of the things that I do is um, I love to bake. And so um, I bake probably once or twice every week. And um, if it's an extra busy week, I might bake a little less, but I I bake a lot and um, I bring it. And so I don't eat all of it because that would not be very good for my overall health. I <laughs> either have my husband take it into his coworkers or I'll bring it into my coworkers um, so that we can, so that I can share it with everybody. Um, and that's one of the, like, I love the act of getting to just put something together out of all of these uh, ingredients that you wouldn't think are going to go together. And then the real bonus is being able to to share it with people. Wow. So that that's just another way of you giving. And mm-hmm. um, although it's very therapeutic for you and a part of your, your self-care um, mm-hmm. self-care reg- regimen. So I always like to ask that question because on this podcast, we talk about an array of things and, um, you know, self-care being one of them. And self-care mm-hmm. means so much to, to mean something different to everyone. You know, someone you know, for you as baking, someone may say running, someone may say retail therapy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's always interesting to know um, how uh, everyone had, embraces self-care. But it's more importantly for us to know what that self-care is and how to activate it. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you for sharing that with us. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a special thing. Yes, yes. Well, Rachel, we are so grateful for the work that you do. We're grateful for the work that hospice chaplains do. If someone was interested in becoming a chaplain, what would they need to do to become a hospice chaplain? What does the formal education or training look like? It's actually a lot more training than I thought it was when I decided to do it. Um, so there's, it depends. It really does depend on the, um, the company or the agency that you're, that you're, um, hoping to work for, but, uh, a baseline kind of idea is that, um, most places now want you to have your four year college degree and then, um, your seminary degree, so your Master of Divinity, which is a three-year master's degree, and then they usually want you um, to be ordained as a minister um, by your, however, you know, your your specific church or denomination negotiates that, Um, and then we also um, do 
this education process called, we call it CPE. It stands for Clinical Pastoral Education. Most hospices want you to have one unit, which can be um, spread out over like a four or five month period, or it can be really condensed into a two or three month period. And essentially that is, um, it's essentially like how um, a lot of healthcare professionals will have an immersion experience in doing the work through like a hospital. Um, and I know we have a program at Aleo um, that we do. And it's essentially just you as a getting to be a chaplain um, and you're kind of under the care of uh, whatever organization you're doing your your CPE through. But that's where you really learn how to um, take care of people. It's a good place um, to find out what is really working for you and how you're connecting with people. Um, and it's a really safe place to kind of explore who you want to be as a chaplain. Um, and it's a, it's a really rewarding experience. And you actually, the fun thing about CPE is I encourage anybody who is interested to do it because you don't have to be a chaplain or a minister or anything. Um, we've had lay people do it, um, like people in church who just want to be better at um, doing either like home care with people or who want to do like hospital visits with people. Um, and they're, they're really, those are valuable people to be in there. I know that there are some doctors who have done CPE and nurses who have done CPE. Um, and it's a really valuable uh, training tool for, um, for chaplains. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing with us about your journey um, to the career that, that you love. And um, we appreciate you so much for being on Great to Great today. Thank you so much again for your time. Oh, thank you so much. It's always fun to, to get to talk to people about um, taking care of people that we love. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To keep up to date with our future episodes, head on over to GraveToGreat.com and be sure to give us a review of your favorite podcast app. We'll be back with a new episode next week. See you then. Mm-hmm.